want to welcome everybody back to another great episode of the Daily Dose of Discomfort. I am your co-host, Ryan. I'm Joel. And I'm Bob. And today, Super Bowl Sunday, you know, it's a great time, and we've got a, a very special topic on this, the big game. That's what we're going to be talking about, and kind of what what feelings that brings up in each of us. So... Joel, you had a pretty good thought on on the big game. What would that would that elicit for you? Yeah, so we've we've talked about this before, but I mean, I think it's something that's important to bring up because it's easy to sort of fall back into that. Like whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's like a really big life event, we we have a tendency to sort of let everything revolve around this one day or this one event, right? So you for like the weeks prior, the months leading up to it, I think it's all you think about. But in, in the meantime, then you're letting the everyday life, the, the non-exciting days just sort of go by. You're not, you're not thinking about, you know, what am I doing on Monday? You're, you just keep thinking about what's coming up on Sunday, you know, instead of thinking about the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to it. And I, I try to force myself to to live a little bit more intentionally live a little bit more in the moment during those days not not let those days pass me by because what i've found and i don't know if if you guys have ever had this happen when you really look forward to something like say a super bowl and that's all you think about and it gets to that day well what if that game sucks what was it a couple years ago whenever it was the uh the rams and the patriots and the what was the final score like 13 to 3 there was like you know, a couple of field goals and a touchdown. It was just a bunch of punting. It was a really boring game. So if you put so much pressure and so much h- hype around a three or four hour window once a year, and if, it, if that lets you down, then that sort of brings everything else crashing down around you. You know, and, and the Super Bowl is just one example. You can do that with anything. You can have one event, one vacation that you're really looking forward to. And if you put all your eggs in that one basket, it, it can be really. I don't know, depressing or, or, you know, anticlimactic if it, if it lets you down. Are you talking about football or your, your stocks? Both. I, I, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, so same kind of thing, right? You get all hyped up thinking a, a stock or an investment's going to do great. And then uh, if it goes sideways, you know, you or can crashes. It, yeah. Yeah. It goes, goes crashing down and you let that, let your, your sort of your mentality come crashing down with it. I mean, it's, same same kind of idea. That's a good way to set yourself up for disappointment. I mean, really. If you put if you put so much stock in one thing and like you said, it it doesn't go the way that you're wanting. I mean, you're going to feel like the whole the whole thing was a waste of time. The process, the the experience, everything. So now now this this commodity you can't get back in time. Um it's just gone. So it's an awful way, in in my opinion, sometimes to to get to that end result. I think that's high risk, high reward, though, right? It's kind of goes back to that, where if you're putting a lot into something that's coming up that you think is very exciting and you're looking forward to it, you tend to get hyped for it. And so your emotions get high. Uh, And I think it's healthy to celebrate every once in a while. But, but, but how do you not putting all your eggs in a basket? Yeah. So yeah. how do you deal with a Monday morning though? So like, even if it is a, a good game, it's a good day, whatever that event is, 
how do you deal with coming back down to earth on Monday morning and still, you know, sort of being productive or getting something out of Monday morning when, when you don't have anything to look, to look forward to in the near future? Somewhat unrelated, but somewhat related. Um, when I worked in the ER, this is one of those situations where the day of or the day after a big game, especially people um, like I had a patient once who they were really watching their fantasy football team. Um, I guess it was a really stressful thing. It was up against their their good buddy. They were really into it. And they came in because they were having um, indigestion is what they thought it was. Well, they ended up having a heart attack because they were so excited and so invested into. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you think about a Super Bowl, um, or you think about a big game, right? You're getting with your buddies, you know, sans COVID, I guess. Um, getting in with your buddies, you're drinking alcohol, you're consuming high sodium foods like chicken wings, chips, pizza, whatever. Um, so it's, it really is kind of setting you up for that situation. So just like I said, that was kind of off topic, but. No, I mean, that, that it's the same topic. I mean, it's like, I, I think of that even like, uh, I, like my fantasy football league I was in this this past year. I ended up winning it, which, you know, it's cool, right? It was, it was fun. It was exciting to win. But, like, I just remember... Humble brag. Yeah, hum, yeah, low-key. Uh, I remember, like, like even, like, that same night, whenever it was over, after that initial sort of rush was, was, was over, that initial high, whatever you want to call it, I remember thinking, like, all right, well, now what? You know, I don't have to set my lineup anymore. I don't have to like look at the players or the scores or the injury reports. Like now, what do I do? And it's like when I took away that that one thing for me to focus on, it sort of came crashing back down to like, all right, well, I guess now it's just back to regular life. So how do we get a little bit more out of just regular life? So I think Ryan could probably relate to that if you're thinking about a big race coming up. Right, you're training for this marathon. The marathon hits. You finish it. You completed your task, and then you have that that post race. I don't know what you want to call it. Low, I guess, where you're kind of like, okay, now I have this period where I have to recover. Maybe I don't have anything scheduled because I was so focused on this race. So what do you do? <clears throat> well, so for me right now, just where this period of time. I've got this big goal that I'm probably still a ways out from, and that's trying to do this bad water 135. Like that's that's the ultimate goal. So I have several races already planned out right now for this year and through next year. And and just for clarification, because I, I, when you say 135, that that is 135 miles. Yeah. Correct? So the the bad water 135 is a 135 mile race. Um, through through Death Valley in the middle of the summer, um, and you've got I think thirty six hours to to finish the race in. So that's that's pretty mild then. Like that's that doesn't sound too hard, right? Yeah. I mean, are you doing that like next week or? <laughs> no that 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 one's definitely got to be like a, a a next month kind of thing. No, but I would probably say two years maybe would be the the ultimate goal to try to get to that kind of distance because in order to even do it, you've got to qualify for it. So you've got to do several other, you know, hundred mile races before they'll even let you really put your name in the hat. So it's 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 dangerous enough where you have to sort of prove your mettle in a sense. Right, right. right. So that doesn't 
you know, to to your question or to your point, Bobby, it doesn't really. I haven't gotten to a, a moment where I don't have something else already mapped out, and I think if you're in the fitness world, and this is you know where you're trying to build most right now, that it's important to have a gigantic kind of goal because this really isn't you know a uh, a sprint. This is a marathon, so you you need to have some ostentatious goals, in my opinion. You know, if you're if you're benching and and squatting and deadlifting, like my goal was always to get to infinity. Like there's no stop. I just want to get as strong as possible and never stop trying to get stronger. And I think it's important to have that mapped out. If you're a runner, um, if you're biking, you know, whatever, ha- have some really really extreme. Maybe you want to do you know a double Ironman or something like that. Have this gigantic goal, and then you can you know map out a lot of these smaller things in there. But you're always striving towards this very large thing as well. Um, and and that kind of keeps you keeps your momentum up. It, it keeps you pushing through even those recovery periods where maybe you're you're having to take two weeks off or injury, you know, because you you know that we're coming right back at it just as hard whenever this is whenever you've gotten over whatever is going on in your life. So set the bar higher than what you even think reality is so that you don't just get it done and then well, I don't I don't know that I would say higher than what reality is because I mean to probably the listeners out there, a 135 mile race through the desert in the middle of summer. I mean that sounds crazy. But to me when I've said it, it's already happened. I I don't know what year it's going to happen in, what time period of my life, but it's a foregone conclusion that I will do this race. And and the only way that I wouldn't would be if they no longer do it. And you've said before, though, uh, like you're enjoying the journey, though. So like just every part of it. Yesterday you did a 12-mile race. Yeah, so enjoy, enjoy the journey while you're doing it. Enjoy those shorter runs on the way there. Enjoy the progression. And and find something to to latch on to. So like I was listening to David Goggins' audio book yesterday, and he was saying so you know the cookie jar. And I've probably brought this up before, but that's just something where you're taking you know accomplishments and you're putting them in the cookie jar. And that way, when you're hitting a period of time where you've got to dig deep, you know you got to find something really inside of you because you're dealing with a lot of pain or stress or whatever. Um. You can look back to these moments and just think about, man, look at what I've accomplished. And even if you don't have these large accomplishments, in your opinion, so maybe you, you're trying to be an ultra runner, but you haven't done any ultra marathons at this point. So maybe what you've done is a few 5Ks, a couple half marathons. Take whatever you can get. These are your cookies. And, and, and look at them. Um, so like yesterday was the most the most pain free that I've ever been to run 12 miles. Like I feel great today. And and that's an accomplishment. And that's something that I can look back on when it gets harder on the longer distances. Maybe next weekend I'm at 14 miles and I can just remember as I'm getting to mile 12, I I felt great after this one. So let's push a little bit harder. We need to get Goggins on this podcast. 
That would be phenomenal. I, I think I think that would be I think that'd be good for all of us. You know, I mean, we talk about him enough. Maybe he'll hear this and he'll he'll hop on here with us. But I would have a lot yeah, of so questions I mean, for him. I, I think. <laughs> Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> that sounds like the equivalent of a hundred and thirty-five mile race right now. Hey. I mean, I mean, so maybe that's the thing, right? You hit the 135 mile race, you'll bump into Goggins because you know he'll be there. Just you know, Dude, he's on a, on still racing these him. races too. That's what's most impressive to me about him is that he's still running them. Like he just did the Moab 240. Just I think that's back in September. You know, and he's like 44, 43, I think, and he's still running these extremely large races that don't have like a gigantic cash prize or something. Like it, it's just to him, it's it's proving to himself that he's he can doing, do he's it. He's doing it for the game, doing it for the love. He's like the Tom Brady of running. There's something to be said for that, adapting that mentality of of just I'm going to always get it until I can't anymore. And I think if yeah. you're pushing like I, that, mm, the sky's the limit for your capabilities. I remember an, an interview. Uh, from a while ago, Tom Tom Brady talking about football, he said somebody asked him like when like when are you going to retire? And he just he's like I'll retire when I suck. He's like so essentially he just said I'm going to play until I can't play anymore, and I will do whatever it takes to be as you know competitive for as long as I can be competitive. And and he's he's you know he's held true to that. He doesn't take time off. He doesn't whatever. He, his off season isn't really an off season. He's still maintaining his his health, his fitness. He's doing what he has to do to to perform at a higher level, and and it shows when you compare him to other quarterbacks like similar ages or or you know even even younger than him. You can tell that he's you know he puts in more effort. Bobby, you may know the science on this, but the, I, I know there was a period of time, and I don't remember what the the. The mild time was, but where they thought it was impossible to get sub maybe like four and a half minute mile, I think, or or five minute mile. It was something like that, and it was back maybe during the 20s or 30s or 40s. But as soon as they finally did do it, then they started smashing that number. Yeah, it was definitely below four. But it was, Wasn't it like the four minute mile, like the idea of running like a sub four minute mile was like thought to be impossible for a while? I mean, I should know this because I'm—I know I've read it multiple times, but I'll yeah. see if I can bring that up while you guys are chatting. But I mean, sub four is really attainable now. But but the mindset of it, just the idea that it was out there, that this it just couldn't be done, and it and it kept people from from achieving it. Like it, the, they were in a plateau constantly because this just wasn't humanly possible. And as soon as you start adapting that yeah, mindset, so, so before the 1940s, you could justify failure. It, before the 1940s, it was thought to be impossible and dangerous to run a sub four minute mile. So the human body was not, you know, was not physically capable of doing that. And then in the 19 mid 1940s, it was pushed to 401, where it stood for nine years. And then uh, right around 1950s, when that was broken. And then, like you said, once they broke that four minute mile once it was proven that it was possible then obviously now it's you know much lower than that yeah and kind of goes back ryan we were talking about steve prefontaine um so he was shortly after that period but um you have to think about what they were wearing on their feet there's a million different things that goes into that 
um, in the same way that we know more about nutrition and like there's less pseudo, well, I don't want to say there's less pseudoscience, but um, we're, we have studies, you know, that compound on each other um, to increase the athletic performance and that kind of stuff. I mean, look at some of the all-time greats in some of these sports and look at their performances currently and their ages. I mean, like LeBron James, Tom Brady, I mean, both older. And what we would traditionally think if, if you know, we were talking about this five years ago or something, that this just is not possible to play at these levels at this age against these people. But it's happening. Well, LeBron James about, is still performing. You know, 50, 60 years ago, the quarterback would, would finish the set of downs and go smoke a cigarette, you know, on, on the on the sideline. Uh, I mean, so the the sports health science has has obviously improved a little bit over the years. Yeah, you know? they weren't drinking Gatorade. They were drinking something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, true enough, but still, it just wasn't thought possible. And now we know it is because it's been done. So... I, I think to to kind of sum that whole thing up, it's it's just maintaining a mindset of anything is possible. Yeah, and it takes a pioneer. There's normally there's normally that one person. It's it's that guy who broke the four minute mile. It's that it's that quarterback who had a winning season past the age of thirty nine. You know, it t- it takes that pioneer, that person to to sort of forge that new pathway, show that hey, you, you can do this. It is possible. I'm going to show you. So it takes take somebody willing to kind of step up to the plate in a sense. High risk, high reward goes yeah. back to that. We were talking about uh, Alex Honold, uh, one of my heroes uh, earlier. Is uh, he does free climbs? Um, well, I, I say hero. I just have a lot of respect for him. Um, so he did the climbing free solos, or most people have seen that on Netflix. It's essentially, climbed about a mile up in the air with no no ropes, no nothing to hold them to it just free climbed up uh mount solo and uh you know it was thought to be impossible it, and also obviously dangerous thought thought to be something that no no human should ever really try to do and he looked at it and just in the interview i believe at one point said you know that made him excited just the prospect of attempting it so you know it's such a disparity of of opinions on on trying new things like that or, or, or reaching for, for goals like that. You know, Dave, so, oh, go ahead, Bobby. To, to tie it back to a game, right? These, these are big game ticket items that we're talking about. Games are only fun when you have constraints, right? If, if you're playing a game, but there's no rules, then that game's not going to be enjoyable. You're not going to play it very long. Because if you can do anything, right? Think about a video game. If it's super easy, it might be cool to get through it real quick. Maybe there's cool graphics or something to distract you. But if there's not a challenge to it, you're not going to stick with it. It's it's going to get old, right? Old hat. I beat it. Cool. The more challenge you have, essentially, the harder it is. And, and there's obviously a happy medium. Um if it's too hard and you can't show any success, you're probably going to give up. Um, but if it's hard enough that it's going to be challenging, you're, you're going to show a little bit of progress here and there. Um, but you're not going to just beat it, right? It's going to take time to get to that, that f- finish line, I guess. Um, and then after that, I think 
Well, so that's essentially what we're talking about, right? We're talking about getting to the end of that goal. Um, but he, I guess the, the key there is how do you define your res- restraints or not restraints, constraints? I, th- I think as humans, we are predisposed to to find the path of least resistance. It's kind of natural in us to want to just chill, go with the flow as much as possible. It's a lot less stressful, it's a lot less, you know, mentally, physically, whatever. Um, but the, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of reward in that. I mean, the the reward in that is is not having a sense of fulfillment. Um, it, it's very important that we seek out that discomfort. Um, and, and that's that's where the most growth comes from. Um, that's where the most fulfillment is going to come from. As far as setting the parameters, I mean, I think it's really important that you know we're 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 very careful in in, in that it's got to be in what game we're talking about what those parameters are. So if it's if it's physically, I I think it's important to have no parameters if you're you know accepting that you don't know what you're capable of and just pushing to be the best version of yourself in any day and if if you if those are the parameters you're working within i mean literally the sky is the limit you you don't know what you're capable of until you prove it to yourself each and every time i didn't think i could bench 250 until i did i didn't think i could run 10 miles until i did now I think I could probably run a hundred miles. I'm not going to know until I do it, but I'm I'm going to try to do it. So for me, like when I hear the word constraint, I think of not not necessarily like limitation, but I I think of uh, like like external external rules basically so so i mean it it is good to have some rules and have some structure right if you don't have if you don't as a society if you don't have rules and structure then like you said it'd be chaos so like if if the super bowl started and all 50 players from both sides just went out in the field and just had a big melee you know it might be kind of exciting to watch for a few minutes be entertaining right but but you wouldn't really feel that there was a clear winner Right, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have you know an obtainable goal. You wouldn't have a clear set of directions in a in a way to make it more entertaining and more exciting to watch. Everybody that had money on the game would be very upset. Yes, some some people who might have some money on it might not like that if that happened. Um, so, like when I think of constraints, you try to think of them as as a good way. Try to think of them as as a way to. Uh, to push you in a, in a direction, right? So you you can still push it to the limit, to the edge of that constraint. But it's it's good to have some borders, some ideas to at least guide you in a certain way. Well, if we went to the stock market, for instance, you know, you absolutely should have some rules for yourself. Okay, I'm only going to YOLO X amount into this is kind of my play money, while diversifying the rest of your money and having it into things that are going to you know, mitigate or minimize your your potential downfalls because you're going to have some of those. So maybe being in, like we were talking about earlier, index funds, mutual funds, 
ETFs, that kind of stuff to minimize. It, it is very important so that you don't go broke to not just throw everything that you have in there. Work within, you know, 10%, 20%, 30% of your income as as investing money and not just, okay, getting off the plan because you see GME is going to the moon over here. GameStop stock is going up and people literally, you know, YOLO'd their whole life savings into it. 70 grand, 80 grand, $100,000. Sure, you might hit it big. But you also might lose it all. And can you really afford that kind of setback in your life? For a lot of people, that answer is going to be no. And if it is, don't do that. Those are your parameters right there. I wonder how Goggins invests. Does he invest? be interesting to see if he lives with the same philosophy as he does. He he strikes me as a sort of fellow who does not and does not care. Like He's just like, Wants to do his thing and, you know. Which tells me that he probably is doing the smart thing and that's letting somebody, you know, do it for him. He probably has, you know, a money manager out there. As I would, too, if I was that level. Yeah, I mean, so, but, I mean, that's a responsible way of thinking of it, you know. And and in a lesser context, you know, he's, he's leaning on an expert to help him out in a field that he doesn't know as much about, right? So somebody wanted to know about running, they would go to him. Maybe he's not an expert in money, so he goes to an expert in money. And same thing on the lesser level with us. If you don't know about something, don't necessarily lean on your own understanding. It's okay to reach out to a friend or, or a coworker or whatever the case is. Find somebody who does know a little bit more about them and, and reach out to him. You know? Don't let your pride get in the way of advancing your, yourself. So find somebody who knows the constraints, knows the rules of the game, and can play that game well. Um, if you don't know the rules or feel like you have the time or want to invest the effort into learning the constraints, then realize your limitations and reach out for help. Right, Be part of a community, kind of the uh, mentality of the podcast that we've been talking about previously. Uh, the other thing is... is if those constraints are unfair, kind of like the game stock, GameStop um, stock, that's when people start to flip the board, right? If you're playing a board game, let's say you're playing Risk. I don't know. You guys ever played Risk before? Yes, we've played mm-hmm. Risk, Bobby. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, I feel like a boomer sometimes. Uh, but let's say you're playing that game and you feel like somebody's cheating. They either grabbed a couple extra pieces and put them on the board or stole some of your pieces or they have an extra die that they're sliding in. Um, it's going to make you not want to play the game anymore and essentially flip the board or give up. Um, so I think it's important to kind of understand that constraints are there um, to keep it so that everybody can play a fair game. But when those constraints aren't working in your interest, or you don't understand the constraints, that that's the time that you need to kind of reach out, find somebody who does, learn from that person. Yeah, don't be afraid of that change either. Like if your brokerage, you know, let's just talk about that for a second, is doing you a disservice and everybody that is a customer of theirs by restricting trading, 
then it's time to move on to another brokerage. But that that can that can really apply to anything in your life. If it is serving you to the negative, then it is definitely time to change that. Yeah, time to move to a different game. Yeah. <clears throat> Find one that you enjoy more, you get more satisfaction out of. I mean, in, in, a, in a positive way. It's not like you don't have to view change as, as like you're quitting something. I mean, quitting something can be a good thing if it's detrimental to you. If, if you're playing a game where the rules aren't fair, the constraints aren't fair, you're not being treated well uh, by the other players, you know, in, in a respectful way, uh, move, move on. Find a different game. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a game. You should be enjoying playing the game, not necessarily winning every time, right? If you win every time, nobody's going to play a game with you. Right? If, if, if us three are playing a game and, and Ryan wins six out of the six times we play, Joel and I pro- probably aren't going to play that game anymore, right? You've got to play a game that allows other people, and you probably know this and, and do it naturally. If you're playing with a, let's say there's a six-year-old and you're playing a game with them, you can probably beat them every time, right? You, you've you mastered the world a little more than they have. So you can probably make it so that you can win every time. But if you want to humor the kid and keep them distracted so that they enjoy playing the game, you're going to let them take a couple successes so that they keep playing that game with you, right? If you are ruthless and... Sure, you're playing by the rules every time, but those constraints are, are clearly fixed towards your position. Um, you just have to understand that I, I need to make this so that it's enjoyable for both people. Yeah, slot machines do that to you when you go to Vegas too. Um, you're going to win on like that second one, and and then you're going to keep on playing, and that's where they're going to get it all back and then some. That's why I go ahead and cash out as soon as I hit that first win. I'm out the door. See y'all later. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't share that same sentiment as you. Um, I, 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 I'm the other guy who keeps going. I think. Um, hey, sometimes that works, <laughs> but a lot of times you, you know, just are out a lot stick, of money. Stick with it for a while, but uh, the house, the house does win in the end. Uh, you know, whatever. Ninety nine out of a hundred times, the house does win. Yeah, I'm looking at the constraints in that situation and thinking, ah, this isn't a game that. It's very fair, so I'm not going to play it. Mind you, you could look at it from Joel's perspective and say, hey, I'm not necessarily playing to win. I'm playing because it's entertainment. I enjoy the process. Yes, I'll lose more than I win, but I could win, right? And I'm going to enjoy the process as I do it. Right, so that, that's a great example. Enjoy enjoy the process. Look at it as, as entertainment. You know, You're paying for that entertainment. If you look at it in that way, enjoy the time that you're doing it it's gonna be a lot more enjoyable than you know if you're looking at something like where you feel entitled or like you deserve to to win and you don't understand how you couldn't you know you're not going to have a great day if you go into a casino with that mentality disclaimer joel i do not condone your your uh, gambling addiction Uh, addiction is a strong word (coughs) addiction can be a great word or a very (laughs) bad word all all depends, right? You can be addicted to some good things and some bad things. Addicted um, to running, probably a good thing. Gambling, yeah. probably not a good thing. But again, we've talked about that before too. I mean, so you know, you, you can you can actually turn running into a bad thing if you let it get in the way of 
other aspects of your life if you use it as like a means of a, of avoidance. So um, anything can can be too much of a good thing. I think. Intention. Yeah, knowing those parameters of of the those games, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I think there's a lot to come away from in this. I mean, what you got anything you want to add to that, Joel? No, I mean, so my biggest takeaway from it, uh, you know, it's good to, like you said earlier, Bobby, it's good to celebrate, you know, have, have fun and enjoy looking forward to that big game, uh, whatever, whatever that may be, whether it's a football game or whatever else in your life, but just try to try to be intentional about the days leading up to it. Also, I mean, try, try to enjoy the process, enjoy the, enjoy the road there. Not, not just the end destination. Bobby? I don't know. I don't want to throw out a cheesy cheesy end here, so. <laughs> oh, just, you, oh, you're going to let me do the cheesy end? You're just going <laughs> to let me flounder in that? I, I was waiting for you to say something like, don't hate the player, hate the game or something. I mean, but, yeah, I just sprinkle that on top of everything else I said, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's important just to play the game, right? That's, that's the end of it. Um, rather than celebrating the reward, obviously success is important. Um, but as we talked about in the last podcast, if you only celebrate the reward, that extrinsic reward, you're not going to be as successful if you're, if you're focusing on the self-growth, the intrinsic value of playing the game. Yeah, and I think it's important to have milestones to to always be striving in or towards so have, having yourself some very ostentatious goals, something that we're constantly chasing, um, not being afraid of, of a goal that's going to take an extremely long period of time to accomplish, and then setting up a lot of things along the way really will make that journey that much more enjoyable. So on that note, I, I think uh, there's a lot of information in that. So let's go out there and, and let's get it. So have a good week, everybody. <clears throat>